Jasmine. I'm Jace. Welcome to Let Me Get My Headphones podcast. I'm so excited to be here today on the mic with my sister, with my brother. Listen, listeners, this is going to be such a great episode. Like, I'm so super excited for what is coming. Um, And I just want y'all to stick around through the whole thing so that you can listen and really find out what's going to make this episode so great. Co-hosts, Jasmine, Jace, listeners around the globe. How y'all doing? Good, good. Hey y'all, what's up? Um, I'm good. It's good to see y'all again. I had a really, really good um like vacation. So I was off Monday and Tuesday. So Uh I've had a long time to unwind, thank goodness. Um, so I'm recharged for like the next week of work or whatever. But um today I had a shrimp and steak Philly cheese. Um, when I tell you, <laughs> he waited yeah, this whole time for yeah, that. <laughs> and mushrooms, like they haven't heard where you got it from. Different. I got it from this place called Bar Grill, like right across, like right around the corner from me. Um, out in East Point, it was so good, so worth it. I regret nothing. Absolutely, Jasmine can't eat shrimp. It's okay. I ate it for you. That's why I said you don't. I don't need you to. <laughs> Do not come close to the mic like that. Again. I don't need you. To. How y'all doing though? Fine. <laughs> She's gonna have an allergic uh, reaction I, on the mic. <laughs> I went to the um, fair. I went to the state fair, child. I got. I had an experience at the fair. I even got some fucking waste beads. Lol. <laughs> what are waste beads? <laughs> I think they, I don't know, you know, you can get some with like crystals in it so that it's like for a spiritual thing. Um, You can get it for, you know, just body adornment, but then also what they're used for is like weight tracking, Ooh. you know, <laughs> that's the truth. That's sick. So, mm-hmm. but it's cute. You know, it's a cute little thing. So you, you still got them on? You are. Do, do. Um, So you will definitely know when you need to. Hit the brakes on that fork. <laughs> <laughs> you press it up against them beads. <laughs> it is, you know, so that was that. But well, that's good. You know, what else you did at the fair? What else did we do? We walked around. We got, um, so y'all know I'll be taking Pilates and I'll be, you know, making kava bowls at home and shit like that. Shut so up. I don't be eating just anything. Um, you know, you I was come on the correct for- if you want to eat with jazz. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do sugar free, sugar free, uh, gluten, vegan, high protein. We're looking Macros. at, we're looking at the specs, we're not the, at specs. the specs. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it, it wasn't one of them days. It wasn't one of them That's days. That's good. So. You gave it a rest. I did. I had chicken fingers and fries. Ooh. Tore them down. A turkey leg. Ooh. Tore that down. Okay. Was on the hunt for a funnel. <laughs> Okay. No wonder you got the bees on. <laughs> you had to put yourself a restriction. Mm, well, so. again, we're glad to be on the mic. Um, listeners, you're going to want to get your headphones for this episode because we have a special guest showing up at the end of this episode. And, or, you know, during our discussion time, if you've been around, if you're new here, welcome. Um, like I said, 
this is let me get my headphones and right now i'm gonna bring in them swords for a recap Okay, so last time we slowed down the pace a little bit with a live narration of Edith Hamilton's uh, mythology. If you know anything about that, you know that it is endlessly referenced um, the classic retellings of the Greek myths. Read aloud by one of our very own. So if you want to know who that is, um, you know, you got to check it out. But we also ruminated on the president's apparent change of heart, um, a severe brow of, excuse me, drought that unearthed some Nazi warships and dinosaur prints. Also, sidebar, I saw a tweet today that um, Doc Martens are actually created by a Nazi. Did you see that? Tweet? But they actually were excuse bought out. me? Yeah, like they sold the rights or something like that. You got to keep reading on the tweet. I was about to say, Javon, are you a Nazi apologist? That's what I'm Uh-oh. saying. I was like, when I see that tweet, I was like, no. Had to continue. Yes. <laughs> Had to. Got it. Well, that's why he's Melanews. That's why he's Melanews. Let me continue. Uh, after that, we got some new pictures of what was it? Jupiter? Very impressive yes, stuff. Yes, yes, Uh-huh. But finally, we had to say goodbye to the pink, and we re-entered the cutthroat world of Westeros. Um, so, you know what? Join us and take a first listen at the show's newest installment, like we mentioned earlier, Let Me Get My Book, which is also a Discord room especially curated to showcase storytelling at its purest, which is going to be a relaxed, read-aloud format completely amongst friends. So come kick it with us, please. Hello, motherfucker. On to the big three. Um, these are some new cities. Coming in at number one, we have San Jose, California. Is this a new city? This might not be new. I think they've been on a couple of times, but you're right. They ain't been around for a little bit. Thank you. Well, welcome back. Welcome back. Yeah. Um, Number two, Newington, Cincinnati. Wait, no, Connecticut. It's Connecticut. It's definitely Connecticut. Yeah. And then number three, Bel Air, Maryland. (laughs) Thank y'all. With that, SpongeBob and I will pass it on over to Javon for Mela News. You know, this week in Mela News, have y'all been watching the U.S. Open? Like, this is probably the time that you should watch it. And if you weren't, I got the hookup for you. I got some uh, recap on what happened at the U.S. Open um, and some other sports things. We'll be right back. 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 Welcome back, family. I'm Javon, and this is Mela News, news told by a black man. So, listen, the U.S. Open was like, happening last week. You know, we record bi-weekly. And I was just putting together these notes and I just had to uplift those that were a part of the U.S. Open this past season and still now because it's still being played as we speak. Um, Coco Golf. I think we are really witnessing the new generation of tennis stars. Like with Serena Williams exiting at this U.S. Open and then Coco Golf to like be so young and dominating the sport as she is. And then Francis to four. If I'm saying that right, forgive me. But like these are black uh, tennis stars that are really like putting folks on the map, putting themselves on the map as dominating the sport. Like Francis is from Hyatt Maryland. 
you know I got to rep Maryland. We got Maryland listeners on on the pod and the co-host. But Francis beat the number two in tennis and went on, is going on to play against the number nine seat. Um, and it's really interesting to see how his story and see how he has climbed the ladder and just been so focused in this time. And the same thing for Coco Golf, being so young and being a part of and seeing like the focus in her eyes when she's playing um, and how she's able to cross the field. All of this happening on the post um, Serena Williams era. I think we are in a good, good place, family, um, to have more black people to root for. Um, in tennis. And that makes me smile. That makes me happy. And that, you know, that's another reason for Serena Williams to go on and do do her next thing. Um, so if you haven't caught that, make sure you catch stay up today. I think Coco is playing um, as we speak. But by the time this comes out, you will know the results of that. But on to like another sport that we're fucking dominating, you know, um, Darnell Whitingsburg, okay, won the second, like, the gold, silver medal at the U.S. Um, Olympic Championship. Now, Darnell, I'm sure you can guess by his first name, he is a brother, um, and we, we love, we have to keep lift, uplifting him, lifting up all of these people, because, like, they are really on the front line, and but doing the things that they love to do, and that just makes me happy. This is black, black boy joy. Um, this is black women joy. This is black people joy, and it's just an opportunity again for us to just stand and recognize their hard work. He has he's no stranger to the U.S. team, um, but this time he took silver, um, and just want to uplift him as he keeps going on. Um, our are any of y'all in any like sports leagues or like fantasy football teams? Negative. I have retired. Yeah. I wish I could get back into it, but I don't have the bandwidth at the moment. Um, <laughs> well, that's fine. You know, last time I was there, but I mean, I enjoyed it. Um, are we trying to do? A, are we trying to do a league? What are we doing? No, not at all. I was just going <laughs> to just just keep us up to date on um, what's going on in NFL, um, NCAA football and all that type of stuff. Football is back, family. And, you know, this is the first time that we will have football. This will be the last time we don't have football until February. So this means Friday night football, if you're in high school, thank you for listening. You shouldn't be listening, but whatever. Um, then you got college on Saturdays. Then you got um, NFL on Sundays. Then you have NFL on Thursday. You know, like, is are we ready for all of this football? I think we are. I watched some of the games last last uh, on Saturday, right? Let me tell you something. NC State versus uh, East Carolina. That was a good game. Very bad for the kicker. Alleged, he missed two field goals. And you know that's all they have to do, right? He missed two field goals and he lost his girlfriend at the tailgate. Pictured and all. It was a bad day for him. But it was a good day for Michigan. It was a good day for Arkansas. Good day for... <laughs> 
Miami, Florida, and the the Georgia Bulldogs swept uh, uh, Oregon. I saw. So I mean, yo, they listen. beat or they that I was on the train headed home from work, and um, there were a couple people that were going to the game, and that was a beat them down, a, a beat them down. Um, I watched a lot of football that day. Um, I'm happy college football is back. Um, college football Alabama's is back. on their revenge tour, you know, 55 to zero. 55 to zero. I mean, they yeah. weren't playing really nobody. But Alabama plays Texas next week, and that might be the game of the century. Like, I don't know. I, I know who's going to win. Alabama's going to win. But um, it is just crazy because Texas is back. Right, like everybody that is supposed that's to be debatable. Back looks that's good. very debatable if Texas is back, but they, they do play on Saturday at twelve. It's be a bonanza. But speaking of who else is playing, as you're listening to this episode, or if you're listening to it tonight, um, the Bills are opening up the the. Um, hold on, are they playing today or they're playing on? Thursday. I think they're playing. The Bills and the Rams are playing on Thursday. NFL, if we have any NFL listeners here, we got two big teams. Anybody rocking with any NFL teams this year? Baltimore Ravens, Falcons, anybody? Negative. You know I'm a big Raider fan, obviously. Raiders. Okay, well, where what are the, what is the Raiders record going to be this year? Um, I'm hoping so the Raiders in the AFC West and it's really stacked now. Um, there was a lot of, you know, new faces, you know, we traded for Devontae Adams, um, from the Green Bay Packers, who was like the best wide receiver in football. Um, Russell Wilson is now the quarterback for the Denver Broncos. Um, Patrick Mahomes is still the quarterback at Kansas City. Um, and also Khalil Mack and a bunch of other players signed at the Los Angeles Chargers, and they have a brand new um, future, <laughs> I'd say future NFL MVP quarterback um, now that they drafted about two years ago, who's paying off really early. So it's going to be a fight. I'm hoping that we can finish maybe uh, 12 and five because, you know, there's an extra game. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, this is a year because it's going to be really, really good. But this is a year where anybody can win. Um, there's so many good teams this year. The Bills are going to be really good. Kansas City is going to be really good. Uh, Miami is going to be a surprise, I think, uh, with all the talent that they have on that offense. I think Tua is going to put it together. Uh, Philly has a bunch of talent on their team as well um, with Jalen Hurts. And I think he's finally going to put it together. Um, there's a lot of teams, uh, San Francisco with this Trey Lance and, um, Jimmy Garoppolo situation, like, cause Jimmy G right. saying, yeah. So it's going to be really interesting seeing like it's gonna be interesting. how everything kind of works out this, this season, you know, Tom Brady is 45 and still doing this. How, how much longer can this, this old ass man keep playing football? Like there's so many stories this year and I just the one thing I tell people when as a fan of football is it's not that you hope you win. You hope that your team is fun. And I tell people, if you really want to enjoy sports, take the winning out of it. And just focus on who says that ever. 
No, I mean, look, yeah, you want to you want to win, but the thing about Who being a fan that? is like the memories because you you keep the memories of losing because they those memories when you win cherish are cherished so much more when you think about the uh, losses that you uh, get there. They in the other um, room talk about I gotta cut you off because that is oh, wow wow wow. I mean, they I'm not saying we don't really lose. That's why I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know, we remember what happened. You sound like a Cowboys fan. That's what you sound like. Why why, why would you ever put that evil? Never be a Cowboys fan. That is disgusting. We are going to take a break. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Laugh it up, fuzzball. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. This baby hits 88 miles per hour. They're gonna see some serious shit. What's up, y'all? It's Jasmine. It's time for What the Flick. Of course, as you know, we had to choose a cho- uh, the show of the season, which is now House of the Dragon, or House of Dragons. I forget. But Them motherfucking dragons. I knew you was gonna fucking say that. <laughs> <laughs> so there it is. You know, so that's where we're at with it. Um, before we get into these a couple questions that that came to me while watching the episode, um, let's just run through the quick, you know, highlights of it. And y'all uh feel free to jump in if I've missed any of the highlights. Okay. Right. So and this is not in order, this is just as I remembered them. Um, so one, Damon defeats Prince Drehar, the crab feeder. Um, so that, that scene, so, them crab scenes. Mm, Go ahead, keep mm-hmm. going. Rhaenyra is given permission mm-hmm. to choose her own husband, which is, you know, pretty progressive. Is- <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> considering, <laughs> you know, considering the patriarch that she's in, you know, so it is new age. This some John Woo shit. Mm-hmm. So we see also that the hand of the king, I forget that gentleman's name, but the one, his daughter is Alicent. Mm-hmm. He is the one really pulling the strings. He's really manipulating the king for real. Um, so we did learn that he's given Peter Baelish. If y'all watched um, the first Game of Thrones, y'all know Peter was a snake. He was a oh, yeah, he, he's definitely giving Littlefinger little finger mm-hmm. vibes for real for real. Yeah. Little you got to do your homework, Javon. Got to do your homework. I'm listening. Um, <laughs> Because he looking, I, y'all should have seen his eyes. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, lost. Um, he's so like, who is who gotta... is Littlefinger? Who? That's what I'm saying. I thought y'all was talking yeah. about the nigga off of uh, uh, what is it, scary movie that stuck no, the hand in the middle? <laughs> you are so new here. You are so oh new god. here. Oh go, ahead, go ahead. Lastly, oh. we had there's very clearly been a time jump. Um, I probably should have said that first, but Allison is now on her second baby. Um, Prince Aegon turns two, his second, his my lord's second name day. My lord, <laughs> my lord. <laughs> so those were the highlights. Did I miss anything? Oh, and uh, Jason and what's it called, Lannister? That was oh, funny. A Lannister showed up. You knew a Lannister uh-huh. had to show up. Justice. Um, no, I think you covered everything. I was gonna mention the time jump if if you skipped over it, but yeah, there definitely has been a time jump. I think three years have passed, and so like I I really dug the um the war scene, like them being frustrated because they was like, you know, Damon said we was gonna you know show up and and wrap this shit up real quick, and yeah, we still here. <laughs> Sound like Putin's Russia, don't it? Ooh. Yo. My butt, uh, what was it, uh, Draymond? 
uh, Draymond. Draycar? Drehar. Drehar oh, was pissed. Oh. He was like, listen, we been here for two years <laughs> fighting this crap, man. <laughs> it ain't over. It took this man sending one letter for him to be like, you know what? I'll be right. Give me five minutes. Give me five minutes. You know, he get it done. He got it done. He's he's very petty. I respect that petty though. He was like, "Ain't no way in here. You about to send some niggas to come help me?" When he is a very, he's very much. I can do bad all by myself. Okay. <laughs> that brings me to one of my questions though: Is Damon friend or foe to his own house? You know what I'm saying? Because he mm. is very petty. He, he and a little I bit of both. Don't know what he gonna do? He a little bit of both. I think he is really gray. Like there are some decisions that he makes that you think are right. And there are some decisions that he makes that you're going to completely think are But can he crazy. be trusted? Can you trust Damon? No. I can trust Damon to be Damon. Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm. I don't I trust, trust his name Damon. And, no way. Oh, so. His name is <laughs> <laughs> No way. Okay. But I can, only trust, I can only trust him to really be himself. And he, because he really lives by like some type of code that he is does. completely different than what everybody else is doing. Like he should, and technically he's right. It's his birthright. He should have been the king technically. Uh-oh. And his brother is kind of a pussy. Like he kind of soft, man. Like he real soft. Like you a Damon apologist. You I'm supporter. sorry. Like he's soft, bruh. Like so I get him boat, trying actually. to be different because he wanted to make his daughter, you know, the queen, and I think that that was he was right he's, to do he's, that. Yeah, the king is very much not a king, not a good king, which yeah. also leads me to another one of my questions, right? And it was real. I mean, this episode, this if if I was doubtful about the storytelling abilities in this show versus you were. the original Game of Thrones, because there's that familiarity you have with the characters and such, but this this episode. They did that because y'all remember when the king was on his hunt for um, the white heart, right? Mm-hmm. That big old elk that's white and is like supposed to be mythical Roger. or whatever. Right. So I don't know if he, if they just, I didn't watch it again. or So I don't know if they actually think that he killed the white elk or if he just settled, just passed the, the big elk off as like the white heart. But regardless- the fact that he was supposed to, he was supposed to be the one, you know, the king with all this strength and all this physicality and all this power. He was supposed to kill the White Heart. Mm-hmm. But when Rhaenyra was actually confronted and witnessed the White Heart herself and met it, she did not. That was not her first impulse to kill it. So what that, you know, thematically, I'm thinking, what does that mean for the characters? Mm. Like, you know what I'm saying? No. What does that mean? Expand. You know, like. Because we know the king is cowardly. We know that. We know that he's cowardly. We know that he, you know, wants to add to the patriarchy and is really afraid to 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 stir the waters like he claims he will. You know what I'm saying? Because okay. I don't believe it. You know, I don't believe it. And I don't we, we know either. he's weak. We know I also weak. like his dreams, like in the lore of uh, Thrones and House of the Dragon, like dragon dreams are supposed to be like visions of the future. And they're already like in the preview for episode three, you already see them talking about a song of ice and fire, which is this is essentially the prequel to the original Game of Thrones, which the song of ice and fire is Daenerys and Jon Snow, um, you know, in the Game of Thrones that we watched, you know, for years. 
Um, and so like in the dreams that he's even having, like the visions that he thinks that are having, like he like the vision he had about his son being born in episode one, but then his wife dies and then his son mm-hmm. dies. Also, he has he thinks that these visions are positive, but really they have negative consequences as well. Um, and so like I think that the king is is really is is he might be the first one to get smoked, get put in the backwood. I ain't gonna I lie agree. to you. I agree. It's is is really given that because it's always some benevolent, like unassuming. I want to be a good man, king that starts off game that starts off the Game of Thrones show, and then they get they they get clapped. It's always them because they so unassuming, and it was just like it was a uh, Baratheon in season one of Game of Thrones. It's it's Viserys right now, like. Mm-hmm. Viserys is giving me, I'm about to get clapped. I don't know when I'm going to get clapped, but I'm going to get clapped because my brother's better at this king thing than me, and he ain't even wearing a crown. And make it clap. Uh-oh. But, yeah, I, I feel like the the white heart, that hunting thing, I think it was a, a compass. To me, it was more of a compass, mm. like where those two characters, mm. like, you know, like, really what guides them. Because- that was the white heart, you know? They was looking, they was literally on the hunt for it. Her family was. True. And she did not kill it. She appreciated its beauty and did not kill it. Told that like, man not to kill it. I like that um also, like when she killed the boar and brought it home, um, mm. or brought it to camp and stuff, and everybody basically had pulled pork that night. Um, like how that was essentially. <laughs> so she it. was like, you know what? <laughs> I went on a vision quest. Bitch, I got beef. <laughs> with everybody, but I brought the pork. Um, <laughs> Make the feet sweat. But um, one thing that I thought was cool also was like dragons are essentially like nuclear weapons in this world. You know what I'm saying? Like they can yeah. eradicate everything. Easy. Like it's essentially like <laughs> if you watch Gundam. <laughs> If you watch Gundam on Toonami as a kid, when a Gundam show up, everybody die. When a dragon show up, literally everybody in the episode with the bows and arrows, wasn't no more bows and arrows. They was gone. The jokers ain't no joke. You saw how he, uh, the dragon stepped on that poor man. Yeah, I saw. Ooh. And he was he was saving him. He that was is saving. the reality of the difference in class. <laughs> that is the reality of how them folks do not <laughs> do Don't not care. see you. Do not. Care. Do, <laughs> do not. not. <laughs> like that? what I but uh, what I liked was. <laughs> Even okay. though they were like fighting this war on this beach, um, Damon's dragon was still like obsolete. Like just because he had a dragon didn't mean that they could beat them. Like once they hid in them caves, there was nothing that dragon could do. So they were just like stalling them forever. And they thought, oh, because Draymond got, you know, they might show up with this big dragon. This this shit going to be Easy peasy lemon squeezy, you know. Why they ain't? Why they ain't do it inside the cave? I, know. I don't like, like they tried that. Hell, like right right that that's left. too easy. That's I would have did that on my but, own. Okay, that's an oven. Dragon. I know what's gonna stop this. I'm gonna go run the ones Brick with everybody. <laughs> I'm just gonna run down there and I'm run me my fade. Like that's what he said. And he ran his fade and he brought that man out there. Also, did y'all notice that he had what well, Javon might not notice this yet because he doesn't know what grayscale is, but don't, don't, don't. <laughs> I did, I did see that. I did. What happened again? 
It's that skin that stuck the that his why his skin was so scaly like it was. Mm. What's that called again? It's called grayscale. Okay. For, for our listeners that don't know, Javon is watching Game of Thrones from be, uh, from beginning. I don't even think he's doing that. Are you? He might, he might I am stop. watching he's not, he's not, House of Dragon. He's House watching of House of Dragon. Dragon with us, but he is supposed to be watching Game of Thrones as well. That's all right. Because while we give him time to watch that, we have got to get to the F1 update. All right. It is time for F1. I've been waiting for this. <laughs> you know what? People, I saw this this mad tweet, and I don't know who the who the fucking author was, but they were having a fucking laugh. This is what they said. They said Max Verstappen could go on holiday for the next four races, and he would still be in the fucking league. They did not say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I. Don't do don't do the rest of Formula One <laughs> author of that tweet <laughs> because if you want a picture of what's happening, that's what's happening. Right. Max Verstappen is in the lead with three hundred and ten points, um, and Red Bull having five hundred eleven fucking points, y'all. That's crazy. <laughs> that is sick. That's crazy. It is and their season. Time, it is their season. I'm telling you. And they drive nasty. They drive nasty. And the crazy part about it, this last Grand Prix that just happened, that he won, it was his home race. And we love He's home from, turf wins. You know they be teed up. They be owned they one. They do be teed they up. They owned one with the, uh, what is it, the champagne. Uh, champagne flares. Uh, they have, Shout, you yeah. know. They be on that, but um, let me see. We also talked about last time how Daniel Ricardo he was driving for McLaren, but unfortunately, at the end of 2023, his contract with McLaren is over. It's done. It's a Benito. It's nada anymore. Um, we do hope that he has a future in F1 because you know he's a character, and my uncle really likes him. So, the next uh, one coming this upcoming weekend, uh, which is the 9th through the 11th of September, is the Italian Grand Prix. So, this is Ferrari's home race. Um, Say it in an accent. Okay, right, right, right. So, coming up next, the very next race that we have to look forward to this coming weekend of September 9th through the 11th is the Italian Grand Prix. Um, And that is actually um, Ferrari, Scuderia Ferrari's home race. So, you can imagine that. Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc are quite excited, want to put their best foot forward. It has been a bit of a rickety year for Ferrari as well with their strategy, (laughs) with their strategy calls and also on Twitter. Who's going to win this one? It's Max. Yeah, Max is going to. Max is going to win it. Max is going to win it. I think the the drivers would definitely be, excuse me, a bit more vigilant Um, and wary of what they say on the radios i think behavior is always um a little bit altered but um i think max has a steady steady grip on that wheel um and he's he's taking it he's taking so it's it, really so. about the elements that because you know it could be the car or it can be the elements that really puts it's them about out the element but it's also very much about strategy strategy and timing yeah so those those milliseconds count yeah they count you know, so we will see what's coming up next. Um, but in order to just wrap up what the flip for you guys, 
What is up on our film and TV bulletin? Of course, I got to shout it out. Uh, my favorite show, Handmaid's Tale, coming up next week. Um, that's going to be the season five premiere. Can't wait to see what June is going to do next. Um, we also have the 79th Venice International Film Festival, which is currently happening. That's going to end on the 10th. Um, a lot of drama going on. I don't know if y'all are keeping up on Twitter or anything, but the whole Don't Worry Darling, have y'all seen that real quick? Yeah, with Harry po- uh, Harry Styles. The internet yeah, is it's like been going funny. nuts about that, about that um, movie, like saying whether <laughs> it's, been it's funny. really good or... Then, it got thirty nine percent on Rotten really Tomatoes. Is that bad? Like, I don't know. What That's bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's not great. So, but it's been funny on Twitter. Um, and then we have the seventy fourth annual Emmy Awards coming up. Uh, on Monday, that's going to be the 12th. We have, of course, the big shows leading the nominees um, like Euphoria, Ted Lasso, Hacks, Severance. Severance. Right. <laughs> Severance has already won two Emmys. Uh want to say Euphoria has already won five. five. Yeah, um, it's been, a, you know. Yeah, it's, but it's, we, it's looking like clean sweep for our faves. Succession has twenty five nominations. In yeah, total, Succession which is gonna rack no up. No small feat. You you gonna rack up. It's ridiculous. I need to watch the show actually. But that's gonna wrap up. What the flick? That's all I got for y'all. Um, I'm gonna pass it to Jace for what's the op for pass the op. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. What's up? What's up? What's up? Welcome back to Let Me Get My Headphones. This is Jace in the place, and this is past the Ox Core. What's going on, people? I know, I know, I know the playlist should be out by now, but listen, but listen, I started a new job. Give me, you know, a break. <laughs> started a new job. I had to get settled in, settled in now. And, you know, now we're in fall or support. We in fake fall because it's still hot as hell outside. <laughs> And the playlist will be dope, but I want to talk to y'all about a couple of different things. Um, first, there's been like some news around uh, new sales for uh, projects for artists. Uh, artists have had some really big leaps uh, recently. And in Double Egg Sales, sales for hip hop projects, uh, five rappers who start with modest sales for chart toppers in just a few months or years, ongoing growth. Um in the genre over the last five years shown that rap artists with sales spike in one project on the next is effectively pushing their career um, to yet another level. I've talked briefly on the podcast about how a hip hop generation is really five years. Um, And it's very short. So like, even when you make, a t- when you have a 10 year career, when you're in hip hop for 10 years, that's really impressive. Um, and anything after that is just a mark of excellence. Um, especially if you're still making music. And that's why recently, um, when Nicki Minaj, um, like recently got her flowers this year, um, that was a big deal because being a black woman in hip hop and like being around that long, um, is really significant. Like it's a pretty, it's a pretty big deal because a lot of people don't make five years in this business. They gone. Um, and so one thing, cause you know, Javon quickly before numbers. you leave that thought, before you leave that thought, that mm-hmm. ha- that made me think about Roddy rich. Yeah. That nigga came and went. <laughs> I felt, I mean, you know what? He has not come and went, you know, that second album was not that good. That but- album came and went. 
it did come and go. Oh yeah, it did come and go. But I do like the song he's on on the DJ Khaled album. I do. I will say that <laughs> he's good for a feature. But it's like, can you can make another it? album, Roddy? That's what I want to know. I hope he can. I'm my nephew hoping. like Roddy. I hope he come back. Come on, Roddy. Come on, Roddy. Um, so like they they Roddy. So one of the things that they did was they uh, picked a lot of different artists uh, to show like some differences in album sales. So like Drake's first week sales for more life in 2017 were um, 5,505,000 units. Um, In Scorpion 2018, it was was 732,000 units. Now um, these are physical copies. uh, And also I want to say also downloads. Um, And this is significant one, because we live in a digital age of music now where, People aren't really buying physical copy units um, of music. So we're like having to calculate that in a really different way. So I always tell people take numbers for for what you kind of get now because we're not in an age where, you know, you go to Best Buy to go buy a CD anymore. Just not something that you do, especially when you're paying $10, $10 already listen to thousands of songs. Um, but a person who's seen like a really big leap like, um, Young Thugs, Beautiful uh, Thugger Girls. Take a wild guess how many units this sold in 2017. 7,000. No. Up, oh, though. Mm, 35,000. Actually, really close. 37,000 units back in 2017. And in 2019, So Much Fun, which is a really great Thugger tape, sold 131,000 units. So that's a huge leap. Like uh, even for a person like uh, Tyler, creator Flower Boy in 2017 was 106,000 units, but Igor in 2019 was 165,000 units, which was huge. And that was and that one hip hop album of the year at the Grammys, beating out um, DJ, DJ Khaled, Khaled um, that year. <laughs> um, or even a person like uh, Little Uzi Vert, like Love Is Rage 2017. At 135,000 units and Eternal Atake um, in 2020 had 288,000 units. Like, that's crazy as a leap. Um, even 20, 21 Savage went from 77. Is that because of, is that because they're calculating the numbers differently or is that because like they're just no, like, staying around? Not calculating the numbers differently. These are still first week sales. It's just showing okay, okay. how the, how the second project that these artists put out um, like the first project really does introduce the, the artist, but how the second project really is the second, the second project is usually the album that you really wanted to make in the first place. And mm-hmm. there's a lot more growth and like maturity there in that second album is why I say like, when we talk about Kanye albums, I say late registration is like one of my favorite Kanye albums because it fixes like everything that's wrong with late registration. Um, when, when uh, the college dropout rather. Also, I saw the little baby documentary on Amazon, Javon, and that shit is fucking dope. I really didn't know like that much about little baby, but wow, like I really get that guy now. The stuff makes sense. Um, he was really parasocial a- relationship. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Like, I'm just, I'm just saying, because I'm thinking about the conversation that we're having about generations, and little baby has basically been around for ge- for a generation now, 
And I'm not a little baby stan, but I remember Javon asking, why does little baby have a documentary? Like, what story does he need to tell? And I said, well, this is a really good question. Let me go watch it and see. And like, he has a story. It's it is interesting. I would tell you to go watch it. Okay. Uh, it, I think it's worth your time. Also, speaking of watching things, Vince Staples getting his own show, y'all. Um, if you guys haven't watched Laser Wolf, which I talked to, uh, talked to the uh, cast off <laughs> offline about, um, Laser Wolf is a really dope uh, 10, 15 minute short on Adult Swim. You can watch it on the Adult Swim app or on HBO Max. It's really funny. It's got Quinta Brunson. Um, who's the main character on there, who is also the creator of Abbott Elementary. But Vince Staple is getting his own show. Um, and creator Kenya Burris, mostly known for popular shows like Blackish, um, will be creating a show set on Long Beach titled The Vince Staple Show. It will see Los Angeles rapper playing himself in a comedic take on his own experiences. Um, Almost like also- Atlanta. Sounds yeah, sounds like Atlanta. Also, Atlanta's getting ready to start. Um, by the time we record our next episode, the first episode, uh, the last season of Atlanta will be out. Which, if you guys haven't watched the last season, you need to catch up on that. Duh. Um, please do, because um, this thing looks hilarious. They actually filmed one of the last episodes of the series by my house um, at the church, like around the corner from me. Because uh, I saw it in the preview, and I was like. <laughs> I, I was like, I know that Walk building. Ass. I didn't get Gojo ain't get no cameo, but people have been asking me, can Gojo uh, possibly be in a TV show or movie? So maybe, just maybe, you know, I might have Scooby Doo on my hands for real, for real. I might and have Marmalade. You better keep him. You better keep him fed. We gotta keep him fed, and and not and make sure he ain't crazy. Um, y'all need an agent. Right. I low key do need we'll an talk agent. Offline. We can, we'll know, talk offline. We'll, t- we'll talk offline. Talk offline. Talk offline. <laughs> we talk about Brandon. We got to talk about Brandon. Um, but that actually concludes past the Ox Court. If you would like to listen to the upcoming playlist, the playlist will be out on Friday. Um, this will be volume 18. This will be basically our ceremonial fall playlist. Um, be a lot of big fall jams, but also jams that are uh, coming off the end of the summer. You can listen to those on Apple Music, Spotify. Um, YouTube music title and SoundCloud by searching Let Me Get My Headphones volume and every single number 1 through 17 all the way up to 18 will appear. Make sure that you follow those profiles where those uh, where those playlists are located so you can always see them when they are posted automatically. Alright, Um, and after this you will be hearing our special guest and we're going to pay some bills and we'll be right back. We'll be right back. Get my headphones. Hey, y'all. It's Priestess Gemini, and we're here on Let Me Get My Headphones. Welcome back, family. It is time to introduce you all to our special guest this episode, Miss Arielle King. Arielle V. King is a 24-year-old environmental educator, facilitator, writer, and content creator passionate about making environmental inclusive, environmentalism inclusive and accessible to all. Arielle has a background in environmental racism analysis, developing anti-racism policies for municipalities and school districts, political ecology, civil rights law, and centering community input and environmental governance. She is the TikTok and podcast host for Intersectional Environmentalists, 
a climate justice nonprofit dedicated to radically imagining a more equitable and diverse future for environmentalism. Ariel has earned a BA in environmental and sustainability studies, a master's in environmental law and policy, and a JD focused on environmental justice and civil rights law. She sits on the board of directors for our Climate and Positive Tracks and is a member of the CDC Climate Action Plan Advisory Panel. Welcome to the group chat, Ariel. Wow. <laughs> Yo, that's impressive. Wow. That's, that's really impressive. That... How old are you? Oh, <laughs> my God. Yes, I love you know. this. <laughs> How old are you? Like... I'm 24. Jesus yeah. <laughs> Godly, girl. We have and you got Joe Beasy on the phone? You got... You got dark. You got dark branding like in your cell phone. Like you can just call dark branding when you want to. You cannot say that. It's wild. Welcome, 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 welcome. Oh, how how you, you got a better security so nice. clearance than Trump? That's that's crazy. Uh oh, <laughs> you got wow. him coming. Yeah, that one was ready. That one was locked and loaded. I okay. He told yes. us he was ready for the he, he did say it. So. I'm gonna tell you the truth. That. I did tell you. Yes, yes. <laughs> how are you doing? How is it going? I am doing so well. Um, I'm feeling really at peace, really excited to be here today, um, but also a little cold, as I as I mentioned before we started yeah. recording. Got a new AC system, and it's it's mm-hmm. booming. It's doing its thing. So We love yeah. when it does what it's supposed to do. You <laughs> right. Know? Like, as soon as it does it, it's like, it's what? It's an issue. <laughs> it's, it's a real situation. I'm yeah. glad that we're talking about environmental justice today, because I don't know if y'all saw the news, but like... These rolling blackouts in California because it is heat wave. Yeah. Right. Mm. Right. Yeah. But before we get into the interview, we have to start off our interview as we do every single guest here. We love to show gratitude and appreciation um, and just want you to pause with us um, and ask you uh, what has made you most happy or grateful this week? This week, okay. Um, so just yesterday, it was my best friend's birthday, like my best friend from college. We literally met during orientation week and have like been super close um, since, you know, August of 2014. And I got to go to New York City and celebrate their birthday with them. And we, we had an incredible brunch and it was just really beautiful. So I'm grateful for that moment. That is awesome. beautiful. We love yeah. to have friends turn another age. Jace just went through a birthday. Like, <laughs> oh, so, really? Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Happy belated. Yeah. Yes. Big, three, big three, two. And also shout out to your <laughs> friend because they're big Virgo. Um, uh-huh. I love me some Virgos. I mean, yes. listen, Sorry. Beyonce <laughs> Beyonce said it was Please. Virgo season in July. Like, I want to I remind should. people it's still Virgo season. It didn't change. Yeah. It's not changing. Well, if you drop another album, it's still happening. (laughs) (laughs) My birthday is March 23rd. I'm in Aries. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's good. Well, it's good to have you on the mic. And, you know, like this is a fun space. Our listeners are so excited to uh, hear from you, your your work in environmental justice and everything else you're doing. Like, I 24, girl. (laughs) 
please. <laughs> like, yo, please. you a real life superhero. Like, oh my gosh, whoa. <laughs> like, oh no. Like, we big people up in the group well. chat. That's what we do. We big people yeah, up. Now for did, real. Like reading your like reading your bio. <laughs> like, you're like, yo, you you a real life superhero. Like, you you wow. cap like you're Captain Planet. <laughs> okay, that is like my favorite compliment ever. Like I like yes, like it's absolutely my favorite. Captain Ariel <laughs> for real. Yes, absolutely. That's cute. Okay. Yeah, I'll take it. Oh, so the first thing I want to um ask is could you define environmental justice for the audience? Um, and especially for what environmental justice means for Black people, um, I sure. think reading about your work and um, working intersectionally into like into the space, like in, in my previous life, um, environmental justice has always been um, a space of organizing that is long is sometimes like not thought of how it intersects into Black folks' life um, yeah. every single day. And so I wanted you to like really kind of like one break it down like by definition, but also just talk about how it intersects into Black folks' life every single day, like how we're seeing in Jackson, Mississippi. Sure. So essentially, environmental justice really embraces the principle that all people deserve equal access to environmental protection and enforcement. Recognizing that this both historically and currently often is not the case and communities that receive the least benefits are experiencing the greatest environmental burdens. So, you know, exactly what we're seeing in Jackson, unfortunately, it, the issue that's happening in Jackson is a culmination of lack of intentional investment in infrastructure mm-hmm. and straight up ignoring the needs of a predominantly black city. Um, Jackson is over 80% black and they have had failing water infrastructure for years now and there has been no action taken. And as a result, when this most recent extreme weather, this extreme storm came in and flooded out one of the rivers, it contributed to the, the waste treatment plant being completely overloaded and and that was what contributed to this most recent crisis and so now we're seeing over 150,000 people that don't have access to clean water in mm. this predominantly black city. Mm. So <clears throat> after reading your bio, the bio that almost didn't end um, <laughs> and reviewing, you know, your background hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and preparing for, you know, this conversation, I yeah. realized, and, you know, we emphasized it already so many times, only 24 incredibly impressive work, quite literally making environmental history as we speak. Could you point to a time in your life in particular, if, if there was something or someone that prompted you to, to really get into climate work and to, I don't know, trailblaze this space in the way that you are? Wow. Um, this is actually one of my favorite questions to answer um, mm. because my answer is connected to a person who's no longer in this realm. And I love giving honor to him and and speaking his name whenever I can. So um, Brother Brother Youssef was his name, and he worked for the New York State Department of Environmental Conservation. I'm from upstate New York. And he was passionate about making sure that inner city kids, but specifically Black kids, got outside and cultivated a love for the outdoors. And so 
he's the reason I learned how to fish and kayak. He's the first person I went camping with. Um, and he really solidified the need to protect all that this planet has to offer. And so from his influence and just seeing what was happening in the world, I have always felt compelled to do my part to protect this planet and to encourage other people to do the same. So in fourth grade, I marched to my principal's office and was like, we got to start celebrating Earth Day. We, we got to plant some trees or something. <laughs> like, right. where is the recycling bin? I just don't understand <laughs> what's going on. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, that's kind of always been my MO. And I really, um, in any institution that I'm engaged in, I am really passionate about making it better than when I got there. And so... Every school I've been to, every place I've worked, I've worked really hard to make an impact that is long lasting and that shows and creates an impact that's long lasting. And so, yeah, that's kind of what I've been up to my whole life, I think. <laughs> yeah, um, literally. Yeah. <laughs> great. <laughs> great. <laughs> it's pivotal. That's when I feel like those yeah. radical ideas, not even radical, but those fundamental ideas of us, those that, you know, that's where they're planted. You know I think so. <laughs> no, seriously, like that's when you start asking questions around like 10, 11, like that's when you really start asking questions about the world. Like you understand the fundamentals because you've been here, like, I don't know, a decade at that point. And <laughs> then you start you're touching. like, you start yeah, you know what I mean? Like, around. and now you're like, yeah. wait, <laughs> like you really mm. start looking around and asking why. And, and I think there's, there's an element of that, that we all have to keep in order for us to continue like imagining what a better world can even look like. Like we have to keep asking why, and we have to really tap into that childlike impulse to to see problems and figure out ways to solve them. Absolutely. Yeah. That is beautiful. You talk about reimagining and I you talk about like brother Youssef, like what is that community now that you're 24? Yeah. Um uh two decades uh from the or I mean, decades, a decade or two, whatever. Don't make almost. me do math. No. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> so like how has your community shifted? What does your community look like going through like different spaces yeah. that probably don't have a lot of us? What does that community look like now? Sure. Um, being in DC, I feel really fortunate to be able to surround myself with people who look like me in this space. It is so gratifying um, to finally have a like tribe of black women environmentalists who are really working to make an impact. Um, I, and that, this is something I've never experienced actually. And this is actually the first time I've really like thought about it and reflected. I've lived in this area for about two years now, a little over two years. And I have just been so intentional about connecting with, with black women in this space and black femmes in this space. Um, because I went to predominantly white institutions for, for all of my like higher ed schooling. Um, I remember being the only black person in my classrooms. I, mm. at my law school, I was the first ever black student member of our board of trustees. And so I've, I am very used to, unfortunately, like being the only black face in very white spaces. And so, yeah, DC, it's not like it used to be, but it's still very much giving chocolate city. And it's yeah. just, um, I, I just love that I have access to so many brilliant women and femmes who are just in this space, like in it to win it. And so that's really what my community looks like in person. 
and then I feel really fortunate to be a part of a digital community mm. that extends really, really broad. Um, mm. And I have the opportunity to connect with climate activists all over the world. And I have the ability to reach um, young people. I, I work with an organization called Intersectional Environmentalist, and yeah. we have 430,000 followers on Instagram. We wow. are committed to making environmental education and environmentalism accessible for all people. And so I feel really honored to be a part of that community as well. Yeah. How did you get in, uh, started with uh, intersectional environmentalists? Yeah. Um, they kind of just reached out to me. Okay. Uh, yeah. I was just, you know, making TikToks about environmental <laughs> we <see the> justice. <laughs> yeah. We love like, the video. <laughs> making TikToks about environmental racism. And um, the media lead for Intersectional Environmentalists, one of the co founders, reached out first. He followed me on every platform and I was like, mm. something's, something's happening. Um, and then, there. Yeah. I was like, something's going on here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then they reached out um, asking if I would be interested in hosting a new show that they wanted to start a new podcast. And so it's been a really exciting and beautiful journey to work on the joy report. And yeah. yeah and I also host the organization's TikTok, as was mentioned in my bio. That is so great. Aria, you recently released an environmental justice resource recommendation listing, um, mm -hmm. articles, books, podcasts, and other resources. Uh, yeah. Where did you get the idea to like create this resource uh, for people? Um, mostly because so many people ask, like, how do I get started in learning about environmental justice? Like, you know, it, especially in 2020, in the summer of 2020, when every organization, every entity recognized that they had racist roots and wanted <laughs> yeah. to do something about it. Um, there were a lot of environmentalists who now recognize like, oh, we, maybe we should care about social justice issues. Like maybe we should care about like environmental impacts on people as much as, you know, the flora and fauna of this world. Um, and so from there, I really was just like, I have learned a lot over the last few years about this work. And so much of it didn't come from classrooms. Like I mm -hmm. actively sought out this information and I connected with people so that I could learn more and took their recommendations and ingested everything that I could. Um, and so I really wanted to be able to share that information. I'm really, I'm so anti ivory tower. And so like any opportunity that I can get to just make information that I learned in school accessible to other people. I am so about that. And so that's kind of how um, the the resource list came about. Mm -hmm. Have you, have people been going to it and like actively like researching? And I looked on there and saw all the books and everything that you were a part yeah. of, but also like the black rights and knowing how like, like the slave movement was tied into black rice. So like, it yeah. has, have you got any good feedback from it? Oh, I've gotten so much good feedback. Um, I think people tend to be a lot more receptive to the podcast simply because it's something that you can do like in transit or, yeah. you know, as you're doing other parts of your life, but there have definitely been some people who've reached out and like, this one book, like, I'm so glad you recommended this to me. And that just makes my heart sing. Like, I yeah. love being able to um, receive feedback that something that I shared has really, like, acted as a catalyst for someone to either learn more information or get involved in one way or another. Yeah. Well, 
talking or staying on that vein of yeah. like sharing information. Like we have a young audience and also like audience that is actively, you know, looking for sustainable opportunities and ways that like in our day to day, we can really shift the way we think about climate and how climate is affecting us in all of these areas of our life. What are some like options? What are some things that we can do in our day to day that can fight climate change? Sure. Um, I think one thing is understanding how it affects us, like people of color as black people, how not getting involved impacts us. And so Mm -hmm. really leaning into the value of community in local politics and really looking around you and seeing what's missing from your communities. Um, Something that I noticed very young in the neighborhood that I grew up in was there weren't a lot of trees and it took a long time for us to get to uh, a grocery store. And so, you know, I I was living in a food desert and I didn't have the language for it at the time. Um, But now that I do, there are opportunities. um, And so I'm now able to support mutual aid funds that are working towards food access um, because I see that people in my community are already working toward that. There's a community garden right next door to my apartment. Um, and I've been trying so hard. And like, if somebody from the Maryland, like, <laughs> like, like city council can like help me, like the Silver Spring, like organization. Do you hear I've the stress to, in her voice? No, you don't understand. Like, I've been trying to get into, like, help out in this community garden <laughs> for so long. Anyway, um, there are still other ways to get involved. Um, I think supporting local is really important. Um, obviously, just being really conscious of your consumption, I think is something that we could all benefit from doing. Like not only will it help our pockets, but um, like overconsumption is such a big issue and it's contributing to so much environmental harm, not Mm. only in the United States, but globally, just recognizing how many parts of our oceans are just cluttered with garbage. And, um, And it's been proven that in the United States, almost all of like the waste treatment and just like waste related infrastructure is cited in black and brown communities. And so the less that we are contributing to what goes into landfills, the more that we are contributing to better health and better futures for the people who live near these sites. Yeah. Just off the dome, because I'm, I think when Coming from somebody like me who does not have a background in like environmental uh, justice, and this is that is a brand new term to me um, as of about 48 hours ago. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> I love that though. Okay. All because of yeah. you, Ariel. You know? oh, I love so, that for you. I love that you, that you showed up to the party you know, so, yeah. when you showed up, yeah. looking how you look because mm-hmm. you're here. You know? Yeah, because you're right. here. Yeah, yeah that's you know. what's. That's what's most important, actually. You know, you got to be here. You got to come to the table. Yes. Mm-hmm. But my only, my brain immediately goes to fast fashion because that's, yeah. I've been seeing a lot of that on um, Twitter, Instagram, pretty much anywhere, anywhere mm-hmm. that news um, will be reported. So yeah. how much of that really is contributing to um, waste? Like for real, like. Like too much. Like it's mm-hmm. it's an issue. Great answer. Um, Great. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, like I'm not gonna sit here. Like, yeah, like I don't have 
stats to pull out of my back pocket, but I'm just going to tell you it's too much. Like, just like, it's too much. Like, it's been enough. And so, yeah, um, I think the, the idea of trends and micro trends and like social media contributing to the trend rotation working so much faster than it used to contributes to overconsumption. And then we have companies like Shein who are literally producing thousands and thousands of items every single day. It, mm. It's insane. And like so much of it goes into landfills, like so much of it becomes waste um, yeah. one way or another, whether it's like straight up from the manufacturer or from people who are like, oh no, this is really poor quality. Like it's going in the trash now. Like it has too many tears for me to feel comfortable yeah. wearing this out anymore. Um, you know, it, quality over quantity <laughs> matters and, you know, investing in things that will last matters and learning how to like mend your clothes or bringing it to a tailor so that it can last longer is really important. And I think um, the fashion industry has, has a lot of room for growth um, when it comes to being more environmentally conscious but I do want to like recognize and acknowledge that there are some brands that are mm -hmm. really taking this seriously and recognizing their role in shifting trends and creating new trends that are towards more circular um, economies for, for clothing and for clothing items. Absolutely. So yeah. how close do you think we are to climate action being fulfilled and, you know, environmental justice actually being achieved? Oh man. Um, <laughs> these are big questions. These are big questions. No, it is. You it's have all the enormous. answers, Ariel. I don't know about that. That's I, why we brought you on. I don't to know. To save the world, Captain Ariel. You wanted the title, girl. We ain't say all five elements before you got here. But, oh my you know, gosh. We ain't pulled we ain't pulled the rings out. But we did summon you. Oh. Yes. yes. No, and I appreciate the summons, and I really appreciate that question. Um, I, I, I think fighting this entire crisis. You know, I say this at the at the end of my podcast. It's it's a marathon and not a sprint. Um, we have to recognize that there are a lot of moving parts that are going mm -hmm. to contribute to this this better future that we hope, or at least preserving the world that we have right now, right? Like there really is no planet B. I don't care what the millionaires and trillionaires of the world say, like Mars is not an option. Like we have everything Dead we need ass. on. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like, like it's literally not an option. I'm not going to Mars. It's like, not even. It's not even that I'm not going to Mars. Not, this is this is the, the hardest truth I want. I want folks to understand is oh, my God. they not building no ship to take you to Mars. Right. Yes, they're taking themselves and no one else. They're, they're taking themselves, taking and their themselves on their like, penis rockets it. to a cunt to a oh, planet yeah. that cannot sustain <laughs> life. Not a country, not a not an island. Because as soon yeah. as they a take planet, that helmet off, yeah, right. it's over with. There's it's nothing. done for. Like it's literally done for. You, like them niggas can't there's a reason. Mass, <laughs> but you like, want to put on a helmet? Uh, right. Don't right. they realize like, how long? Okay. Don't they realize how long it took? That satellite that took them pictures 
to get out that far in space. Years. And then don't, like, get, don't get lost out there. What you gonna send back? We have, <laughs> do y'all realize the whole we, have, like, <laughs> we have satellites that have gone like I think past Mars, like that that have caught like photos of Saturn's moons. Like right. it would take yeah. us yeah. it would take our entire lifetimes just to get to Saturn. That's how far Saturn right. is away from us. Well, like, they'll we make you believe it down here. We would die. Oh. <laughs> Probably before we get there. Oh my god! Like we're Space not going so to powerful. Mars. Stop listening right. to uh, what's his name? What's that white man name? I don't even yeah. want to speak it. I'm <laughs> not speaking their names like on it. this podcast tonight. I don't like him in his sweatshop uh, car car either. Whatever his name. Mm. Is. Wow. You're not yeah. lying, but right. We're not even. But we're not even. Mm-mm. No. But to, <laughs> <laughs> to answer your question, um, I I really like I said, there are so many moving parts, and I think that there there's a role for literally every single person in this in this movement. Um, we are starting to get into a phase where every single industry has to be considering climate impact. So. Not only are we seeing fashion brands and transportation, automobile, you know, manufacturers, but we're seeing that journalists and bankers and mm. like, you know, media people, like everyone has to have at least this baseline understanding that we are in the middle of something that we might not be able to recover from if we don't take action. And so, yeah, I think we just need to make sure that the people who are in power get on board and understand that even if it's going against their individual interests, to to do the right thing um there there is a greater good and there is a i don't know maintenance of society and this <laughs> planet that's at stake and so um i think one big role that we can take is holding those in power accountable and making sure that our needs are being met by those who have been elected well speaking of those people that have been elected how can yeah. people like understand and join in on like getting a part of electing the right people or making sure that their county council is implementing programs and their mayors or whatever, these local levels, which really have the power to move things on a, on a community scale. What is, who, how should we be looking at those people? Oh man, I think there are so many ways. I think, especially during election season, everyone is putting, all their information out there, right? And so there are opportunities to go to town halls. And I'm sure that most of them are still virtual right now. Um, There are opportunities to hear what people have to say. And Mm -hmm. their websites, for the most part, will have what they're about on them. And if you see that a candidate that you might have been considering has nothing on their website about (laughs) the environment or the climate um, crisis, that might be an issue. And that that might lead to, hopefully, um, a decision that that you can make on your own. Um, And then there are also just all of these collectives and organizations that are supporting good work. And one, making sure that people are registered to vote in the first place and making sure that people are receiving sufficient education so that they can make informed decisions. Um, One really important point of environmental justice is self-determination and really creating opportunities for people who are going to be impacted by decisions to get involved in decision-making. And so that requires providing sufficient education to people so that they know what choices are the right choices for them. 
and that they can have a say in how those choices are being run out. Yeah. This climate fight is exhausting. Yes. Um, and I know that, you know, we all know on this pod, uh, just how exhausting it takes to move the act of Congress to move on right. just the smallest things. Right. But how do you, how do you stay so optimistic? Um, and how, where does that become renewed for you? Um, and like a two part question, what do you hope comes from the work that, that you do? Oh, um, okay. I'll answer the first part first. Cause that feels easier to, to answer <laughs> right now. Um, I am so inspired by the individuals and organizations that are contributing to climate solutions right now. And I feel really fortunate that it's a part of my work to research those people and, and put them on the podcast and, and showcase their work and actively look for positive climate news to add to this, mm. this podcast. Um, because we we understand that being inundated with doom and gloom associated with what's going on in the world often can stun people into inaction. Like we can yeah. feel like, oh my gosh, there's there's literally nothing we can do at this point. Yeah. And and we are trying to combat that by providing as much information as we can to inform people that there are really good things happening. And so many of the themes that we are emphasizing in the podcast are around the fact that solutions already exist on this planet. Um, we, we recognize that the, our indigenous brothers and sisters have been paving the way in, in, land, in land preservation and developing these beautiful symbiotic relationships with nature that benefit people and planet. We recognize that the, the best sources of energy out there are the renewable type that, you know, they don't, they don't run out. We have, mm -hmm. we have wind power, we have solar power, we have hydropower. And so um, really looking within our planet to be able to find, you know, all of the good things and all of the solutions that can be created. If one, we just kind of let this planet be, um, mm. you know, um, in a recent episode, I talked about the fact that the earth can regenerate itself if we let it. And so if we are creating space where regeneration can occur and we can literally watch, um, you know, ecosystems be restored, that's going to do really good things, not only for us right now, because it's going to improve air quality and water quality, but it's going to do incredible things for future generations. And so, yeah, I, I have a lot of faith just in, in this planet and in people who are doing good work. And, and that's what really propels me to keep working and keep fighting towards, towards um, this planet's protection and preservation. Also, I travel a lot and yeah. every time I go to a new place, I get to experience the wonder that is earth um, mm -hmm. and really just get to see the ways that different cultures uh, experience nature and like what their relationships with, with, to nature look like. I lived in the Caribbean for the first four months of this year. And it's so beautiful to see how like, I don't know, there's so many animals around everywhere and just nature as we know it here is just a part of daily life. And there are just like common names and household names, I guess, for the different animals. Like they don't call them by this scientific names. It's like, no, that's, that's the green lizard, you know? And, and it just, <laughs> it, it, it just feels so familiar and it feels mm. so normal. Um, and I, I think it's so beautiful 
And so, yeah, this planet's dope. I just want to keep protecting it. Like, that's really it. Um, so, yes. Um, and then would you be able to ask the yeah. second part of the question again, please? What do you hope to, with all of your work, with everything that you are doing, everything you inspire to do, aspire to do, like, what do you hope comes of your work? Yeah, um, I, I want everyone to be informed. I, I really want people to be able to make informed decisions in their daily lives that are going to contribute to improved collective action. Um, I think at the end of the day, like all of these industries are influenced by consumer choice and consumer action and consumer habits. Um, and, and sometimes consumer habits are dictated by what, what's available, but a lot of times it's, it's the other way around, like in, in cities where bike paths weren't common before they're there now because they've recognized that there's a value in more people biking and more people have bought bikes. And so it's, it's this like symbiotic relationship of people making good choices that are going to contribute to change simply by, simply by doing them. And so I, I really hope to continue to be a catalyst for people learning more about these issues and wanting to get involved and want to make informed decisions. Yeah, that's beautiful. Th throughout this whole like conversation, you have talked about like environment uh, knowledge and sharing that yeah. information and getting that out. And as part of the overall goal or overall way that we shift the way we think or um, interact with climate. So that's really nice. That's really beautiful. I mean, yeah. yeah Knowledge really is power. Nice. Yeah. Yes. You ain't lying. You ain't lying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's talk politics and water because obviously Less. that's been a really <laughs> hot button issue. And we talked yeah. earlier about environmental justice, especially and how this intersects into the lives of black folks like every single day. And I am from yeah. Mississippi. I am originally from yeah. Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And okay. the water system is something that does not just affect Jackson, um, but it affects so many other places around it. Um, there are two yeah. historically black colleges, and universities in Jackson, Mississippi, and they didn't That's have right. water for a week. Um, yeah. And it doesn't make sense. So, like we've talked about the the good parts, but you know, unfortunately, I have to talk about the realities. Um, so, just wanted to talk a little bit, like about environmental justice from a water standpoint, because that is a very, yeah. very basic, common need um, for people. Like, we should never be um, having to ration out or capitalize on water, and we're not just right. seeing this in Jackson, but we're also seeing this in California. Because California is like currently running out of water. We actually right. reported on this podcast, like I want to say last episode, where we talked about like lakes that are now like um, drying Europe out and, and like stuff. fossils, yep. yeah. fossilized like dinosaur feet and sh Nazi ships Texas, yeah. are being crazy found shit. now. Um, <laughs> it's crazy. Literally. Like that was at the bottom this whole time? Like, <laughs> like this was here? Right. Like, um, Gosh. So Ugh. I just wanted to talk. I wanted you, um, our Captain uh, Captain King, um, <laughs> to, to tell us um, 
tell us a little bit about environmental justice from a water standpoint and like what we're looking at from a crisis here, because we think about Flint constantly, but now we're thinking about Jackson, Mississippi and from a political standpoint also, because we're talking politics in the last presidential election, something that was talked about, especially um, on the democratic side and um, with our current president was about environmental justice and how it affects um, um, especially environment, uh, environmental justice um, directly affects like POC minority black communities um, like the cancer strip in Louisiana for cancer alley in Louisiana, for example. So just um, Mm -hmm. kind of breaking that down for us. All right. Let's let's get into it then. Um, <laughs> so, um, unfortunately, all of these issues are connected, and you know, racism as we know it is deeply embedded into the structure of this country. Unfortunately, and we're seeing this play out time and time again. Um, we have seen, and it's so interesting, lack of investment is associated with white flight a lot of times. Um, and so that's, that's what we saw in Jackson, for example. Um, you know, in, in 1990, the black population was 56% um, of the, of Jackson's population. And now it's over 80%. Um, and we've seen a significant de- decrease in w- the white population that has moved to other places. But with those people went essential services and social services that are necessary for a city to function. Mm. And it also left with a lot of the money that would go towards infrastructure investments. And so the same thing that we saw in Flint with just failing pipes and failing infrastructure and a city that's in a financial deficit and, you know, people in power feeling like there has to be some solution, some resolution to put the city black back in the black um, not really thinking about the impacts that it'll have on residents. Like in Flint, the issue was there is a emergency manager rule in the city, in the state of Michigan, which means that if a city is in a financial deficit or in a financial crisis, the governor of Michigan can appoint a person to be in charge of a city and they have power and authority over the mayor of the city to make decisions for this city. And so that's what happened. An emergency manager was appointed and they're like, oh yeah, like this pristine water source that you've been getting your water from, literally one of the Great Lakes, like one of the major like sources of fresh drinking water for a large part of the country. You don't need that. You got you got the Flint River right here. And you know, there had been such terrible industry like polluting the Flint River and there was some remediation to get some of the pollutant and the toxins out but it certainly wasn't enough and it certainly wasn't drinkable at Mm. this point so when that switch happened there was also the issue of the pipes not having been replaced in like a hundred years or something crazy like that and so there were there were um, traces of lead there were traces of all of these other toxins that have been proven to have detrimental impacts to people's bodies, to people's minds. Um, and, and that's kind of what happened there. And unfortunately, we are seeing time and time again, the lack of investment in infrastructure and this very poor, crumbling, failing infrastructure being the burden of 
the people who stay in these in these cities, in these communities, um, while these same people are the ones who have contributed the least to any of this, right? Like yeah. they didn't create the financial deficits of yeah. the cities. Yeah. Like they didn't create any of this. And so that is that is environmental racism, right? It's it's the recognition that people have been calling out for change and literally crying out about issues with their water. Like there were so many mothers that had in Flint who were complaining about their kids having rashes after bathing and the city and the state didn't do anything. Um, you know, the city was dealing with polluted and toxic water for almost two years before the United States declared a state of emergency. And so like we're seeing this time and time again. And unfortunately the connecting factors are that these are majority black cities that are predominantly low income. Um, and so as a result, do not have sufficient political clout to be able to say, you can't do this to us. Yeah. And and then have someone listen, right? And so right. that's that's really what it is. Yeah. Like um also one thing I'm thinking about is like because it's Mississippi. Um yeah. like thinking about the um the racist infrastructure that is already set up like at the right. state level, like if for those who don't know, Mississippi got a like received some of the like was one of the states that receives like some of the most federal money than any other state in the country, even though it is a Republican state that is so very much pro small government. It gets a lot of funds. And during the pandemic, they got like half a billion dollars. This water problem could have been solved years ago. And one of the most infuriating things about um, the situation in Jackson is, and really the situation in a lot of these majority black states, like Mississippi has more black people than the entire state of California, but the city of Los Angeles has more people than the state of Mississippi. Think about that for a second. Let that marinate. Let's say that one more time for our listeners. There are more black people in Mississippi than the entire state of California. However, there are more there are more people in the city of Los Angeles than the entire state of Mississippi. Like it is a very very black state. So when we say that contaminated water affects like Jackson is about 200 250,000 people roughly yeah. like it's a quarter of a million folks. And so and this is a the capital of the state. This right. is not just a small town. Like what was extremely like unfortunate about Flint is historically Flint was a factory town like right. during the the car industrial revolution boom. And mm-hmm. another book that our readers should uh read is The Warmth of Other Suns. Um, particularly about the great migration, uh, like yeah. a, for my listeners, if you don't know, a Detroit nigga is just a Mississippi nigga in a fur coat. There is no Ooh. difference. Um, <laughs> that is the one thing I learned in the warmth of other sons. Um, yeah. particularly because so many of these black folks just migrated and left their whole entire lives and everything that they knew post slavery for something yeah. different that they did not know. And they move and they create this new community. And then what does the state do to them? They pollute their water. Or when you're in Mississippi, oh, you get our state capital because now you're free and you decided to stay here. And though we terrorize you and though we kill you and then we, 
you know, institute rights that oppress the water, rights kill to you vote. through the water. Um, you and we poison your water. Um, yeah. We don't allow you to like progress and move forward. So it's extremely infuriating to see it and like to see that this happens even from an environmental standpoint. But I'm glad you gave yeah. us that answer. So one thing that I did want you to talk about was the podcast. So I had a chance to listen to your most recent episode and you talked about just energy um, on the Joy Report and you talked about um, solar power in particular. And I just wanted you to give our listeners a preview and a taste of what that episode uh, is uh, because I thought it was a really fascinating episode and it was super like quick and to the point and so informative. I really, really enjoyed it. I really appreciate that. Like we, we try really hard to keep it succinct, like 17 to 23 minutes. We want to give you a primer, a real deep introduction that leaves you wanting more and doing your own exploration. And so um, I'm really glad to hear that, that it's working. Um, but yeah, so this, uh, this most recent episode, it's all about the need for a just transition which is a transition from our reliance on fossil fuels. So gas, um, coal, things like that, that are not only harming the planet, but it's harming our health. And that cancer alley that, that we were talking about before, there are 150 refineries in a like 85 mile strip in Louisiana. Mm. And it is contributing to detrimental health impacts for the people who live in that area. And, and we just found out that there's another refinery that's going to be built soon in this area. And so this is something that we call sacrifice zone. And it's, it's a, it's an area where people who are living close to industry bear the burdens of the industry that everyone else benefits from. So these refineries are associated with manufacturing plastic, um, creating fossil fuel, um, you know, oil production, things of that nature. So this is something that we all benefit from, but there are only a small amount of people in the population who are dealing with the health impacts and are living in a place that is so heavily and deeply polluted that is called Cancer Alley because there are so many different rare types of cancer that can be found in people in this area. Um, and so it is, it is called a sacrifice zone because the people who live there now have to deal with the consequences of bearing the burden of, of this industry. And so what we're advocating for in this episode is a just transition, uh, a transition away from our reliance on these harmful fossil fuels and into renewable energy, but not only renewables, making sure that people who have been excluded from equal access to clean and affordable energy will be able to get that People who have been working in like the coal mines and the coal fields in Appalachia and all these other places will have jobs when we shut down those facilities. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're making sure that there, there are no people left behind as we transition to this new energy industry. Um, and so we got to spotlight some incredible black women who are changing the game in this space, um, including Shalonda Baker, who works for the Department of Energy, and she is creating and um, emphasizing and creating the um, Just Transition, Justice 40 initiative, sorry. Um, And essentially that initiative means that 40% of all climate-related investments are, and the benefits of those are going directly to disadvantaged communities or communities that have been environmentally overburdened and historically politically overlooked. 
Um, and then we got to talk to Crystal Hainsley, who is the first black CEO of a community solar company. And so Community Solar creates an opportunity for people who don't own homes to still have access to solar energy. And so um, because we found that only 20% of people in the United States have access to solar panels or to be able to install solar panels on their homes for one reason or another. And so, yeah, we're just really excited to be able to spotlight some incredible women um, who are in this space, who are changing the game and creating this just transition that we hope to see. That is so beautiful. And, you know, the joy report solely just by the name just sounds like it's just going to bring so much joy and knowing that yeah. like it's black girl joy, black women joy, black yes. boy joy, black community joy. We love all of that, those mm-hmm. things, but um, really excited to see more of the episodes that you have and Thank tell you. listeners before we like, move on to the next topic or like move on to the next area where they can listen to the joy report. Sure. You can listen to the joy report on all podcast streaming platforms. Um, If you're listening on Spotify or Apple podcasts, please leave a review. Appreciate it. I know that's right, Um, girl. Yes. Yes. I know that's right. We love a shameless plug. We love a shameless plug. And so, yes. um, And then you can follow the organization that um, created the podcast and and invited me to be the host, Intersectional Environmentalist. So you can find us on Instagram or on TikTok at Intersectional Environmentalist. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I know um, my environmental justice chakra has been opened uh, wide. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We do. That needs to be coined. (laughs) I love that. Oh, I'm obsessed. (laughs) Write it down. Write it down. Yes. (laughs) We do got to shift gears real quick because I was looking at your Instagram um, Mm -hmm. and I did see that you were in the Miss Maryland uh, USA 2021. What was that? Semifinals? How was that? What was that like? Um, you know, sometimes you do really impulsive things in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was one of those for me. <laughs> I was uh, like getting ready to finish my last year of law school. And I got like, you know, I saw some ad on Instagram. It's like, apply to be Miss Maryland USA. It was like, why not? And so turns out ended up being the same weekend as like the bar exam was a few days later. And so I was literally like the whole summer studying for the bar prepping for a pageant for the first time in my life. Um, just like being an insane person, um, which is something I'm very used to, if you couldn't tell. Um, so, yeah. It fits the bill. Just like, just doing all the crazy things. Like, there's a lot of Aries chaos in this chart. Like, I just, oh. I am who I am. But, yeah, so, I mean, it was fun. I had a great time. I met some incredible people. Um, I am considering uh, doing another pageant because okay. why not? Well, come break um, the news here. <laughs> yeah, I, ooh, I don't know if I'm ready yet. Officially. Off the record. This is off Right. <laughs> off the record. Yeah. Yo, oh like gosh. for real, I got a homegirl, uh, Rebecca Edwards out in uh, L.A. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to interview her, but she's a pageant girl. She's She was based in ooh. Texas. Um, but she lives in LA and she just did a pageant recently. Cool. Um, but she does uh, political work, political advocacy work. But I think I can link y'all, especially if you're doing pageants, like for real. Yeah, that would be cool. I think cool. we have a type. 
I think we have a type because um, Kiara Imani was a pageant girl too. Like, mm-hmm. and we had her as a guest too. We got a type as a podcast. So we do. Just That's like, fine. we do. It's provocative. Yes. Okay, so I am the music guy on this show. And so the biggest thing okay. that I always want to ask is what are what are our guests uh, listening to? Like, put us on. I'm going to pass the ox cord to you and uh, tell me what you're listening to. If you want to stand Beyonce for like two minutes, you can. Like, you know, you please, you, ha- you have the floor. Um, but there's been yeah. some other new stuff out. But just tell us what you're listening to. I mean, has there? I don't know. Like, I literally, like, I have no idea. You're real. You're real. No, I, like, I probably listened to Renaissance approximately 143 times, um, at least. And, and, I mean, it's an hour long, so I believe it's an hour long. Like, it's the way that it's just on repeat. Like, I don't. Like, the only other thing I've listened to, <laughs> the only other thing I've listened to right now is JID's album. That's the only thing I've okay. hit Beyonce's. That's I've hit pause on Beyonce to listen to, um, and then I went right back to Beyonce, like right after. But that, that takes like, willpower. Like I'm impressed that you did that. Like and, I, I cannot. And, and just like, to say that, like JID's album is really good like you can listen to it from really top good. to bottom really and it starts okay. over perfectly but okay it's not beyonce <laughs> and like, i think that, that even no no I'm, like, I'm willing to put it on my list you know like like i need yeah. a few more weeks with renaissance but yeah, yeah until <laughs> like, out, like who else is there on your playlist though like, yeah who else, who else is on your uh, playlist i a little bit of everyone. I I love Snow Allegra like uh, so much. Uh, you're home, girl. You're you're, you're <laughs> girl. You really in the group chat because this is a Snow Allegra like, like, stand really account. Okay. What are you talking about? We went. Uh, I went Yo, to see Snow both albums. The anthem. <laughs> yeah. So just both. She's got more than just two albums. Uh-oh. She's, yeah, she's like no. She's been out there here for a minute, and yeah. like I just. Stand. All the respect. Go stand. All the respect Come on, on stand. Yeah, you have welcome. Yeah. Welcome you home. Yo, yes. So, oh my gosh. Ariel, so our so um I make a playlist so, supposed to be every two weeks. Um okay. and I remember when we when Snow Allegra's last album <laughs> dropped. Mm-hmm. And I remember Javon didn't like it at first. Um I didn't. he was not That's a fan. Okay. That's okay. It is okay, yeah. Temporary highs. It was, it was, yeah, temporary highs. But then he gave it a week. He gave it one week, and then he hit us back in the group chat. He was like, "I was wrong. I'm here now. I'm and I'm I'm stuck like Chuck ever since. And I'm a fan. And and me and Jay was like, got you, got you. Yeah, we was like, we didn't, we we weren't mad about it. We was like, welcome. We were like, sometimes it takes a minute. It's okay. It does." Sometimes so snow and, like, is snow is a good says, list. Like there are snow. some yes, and like there are some artists and like some albums that you listen to the first time and you're like, eh. You listen to it again and you're like, actually, I just needed to turn the volume up a little bit more. <laughs> right. You know? I needed yeah. to listen to it in a different venue. Yeah. In a different the venue, venue matters it does, too. It does I got a homegirl who only listened to new music in her car. That's how she knows. Mm. She I was gonna ask 
the, that's something reaction. that I do. So like, <laughs> her name. I is used Jasmine. to like she was on I the was, show as well. <laughs> yeah, when I was driving, I was uh, listening to albums usually. Um, like driving like down yeah. uh, 95 in the middle of Atlanta. Um, but now I listen to it on the MARTA, which I also love because listening mm-hmm. to it on the we train love on my transit. way to work, yes. it, <laughs> it makes me feel like I'm in a movie almost. Yes. Um, I, I want to listen to movie soundtracks while I'm while uh-huh. I'm. Uh, it's giving main character. I it like does. it. I like we it. love I like, main like characters. Yes. Speaking of which... <laughs> what are you watching on TV? Yeah. Are you? Oh wait, I didn't finish my music. Oh yeah. Okay. 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 So I'm I'm really excited for more Ari Lennox. I'm mm, really excited. Coming soon. Like I'm very week, much looking forward to that. Like very soon, it's coming. Um, and I'm ready. Um, like I I love good vocalists. Like I when I was younger, I sang a lot. Like I don't sing as much anymore because I got like at least a hundred million other things got Girl, going yeah, on. Yeah, leave um, something for somebody else. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, like I sang at like a lot of weddings and like venues like in my hometown and stuff. But anyway, so I, I really appreciate a good vocalist. So um, I love Jasmine Sullivan. Mm-hmm. I love like it's just it's the good voices for me. Like it's it's yeah. So R and B is that, not dead in your playlist. Not at all. No, it's alive and well. And I also just believe in honoring the classics, right? Like when it's cleaning time, it's Anita time. And mm. like, I will listen to Stevie Wonder anytime, any, anytime ever, because <laughs> he's a genius. Like, and, yeah. and so, you know, just uh, my parents, we love Motown. Um, when I did my thesis on the Flint water crisis in undergrad, um, we drove out to Michigan and we got to go to the Motown Museum. Um, and it was like a dream come true for all of us. And I got to like sing in the echo chamber that they made the Motown sound with. Like, yeah, no, we're, we're big music people. So that was really exciting. Anyway, so what am I watching? Right now? <laughs> we um, gotta introduce so I, you to Branford. We we gotta introduce. <laughs> yeah, like it's a lot of connections. Yeah, it's a lot of connections. I, yeah, so, please. Did you, yeah, I need you, more friends. Did, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you you're wanna, in DC, do you so follow, like, they I'm have right the range. Outside, so. <laughs> no. Oh yeah, you need to follow. They have the range on Instagram. Like we gonna. Oh wait, I do. I do. Yeah. And, yeah. Right, so, so we interviewed me... Brand last episode. Oh my gosh. Two episodes okay. ago. Okay. Two episodes ago. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. I love that. Yeah, no, I, I love good vocalists. So I definitely love yeah. that that account. Um, yes. Okay. TV shows. I'm watching. So excited Abbott Elementary's back. Yes. Like, tonight. Yes. Um yes. like so needed, so wholesome, so wonderful. Yeah. Um, I've been watching She Hulk because I'm intrigued. Let's um, go! Yes. <laughs> Listen, it's Ali. I'm sorry. Like, it's Ali. Like I was intrigued. Like I really, I had to see what was going on. I was like, I went to law school. I know the law thing. Like, like what's going on here? Like, is it not fun? It's fun. I like it. Is it. Fun. I, like I told you. Like, no, I. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's cute. It's quirky. Meg was on the last episode. Like, you can't go wrong. Like it was cute. Yeah, it's um, really cute. What else? Yeah, I'm I'm starting to dip my toe into anime. Mm. Um, okay. So I've like watched a few shows, but right now I'm watching Death Note, um, which I'm really appreciating. Classic. So I think it's like a, a really good intro into like 
a long form, like one season, like it gives you the full arc, like you get the whole experience. So I appreciate it. Don't start, I, don't start telling people you watch an anime because they gonna beat you over your head for listen, to watch the next one. The next I live with a person who's one. obsessed with anime, like, <laughs> God, and so man. like it's baby steps, and I really, I, I just saying. have to tell it's everyone, not, like, for me, wars. And like oh. he liked it at first, but then he just stopped, yeah. and then he didn't. He just I just didn't, didn't even bring it up again. That's crazy. As an aggressive invitation, like have you watched that again? We're gonna again. find you one. Today? <laughs> we're gonna find one. We're gonna find one. Wait until episode. Right, we got a rash. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna find one. But that's yeah. great. That is yes. so great. Are you um, watching Game yeah, of Thrones so or of... House of Dragons? Everybody any chance? Okay. Um no. I tried. I watched the first two episodes. I didn't watch Game of Thrones, and I feel like that is putting oh. me at a disadvantage right now. Mm. I was like deep in school and like just missed it like i missed the whole game of thrones way it's okay like, i mean time, listen you, know? you sacrifice right. game of thrones so you could you know be a lawyer at 24 i don't i don't you know what i'm think, saying i don't like, think that's a bad like, sacrifice you can just go back yeah, and watch it now yeah I can, you got time like it's still you got time available. you can watch it <laughs> very much still yeah available. um i think my one gripe with the game of thrones world is the lack of melanin and so like mm. that also kind of like kind of mm. does do something you know, to you thank it, you for it putting just, it into like, words for makes me. me lose interest a bit because <laughs> it's um, a white people problem you know what you know what gives me comfort what you know what gives me comfort really in that it's like all this yeah. bad stuff happened to people. I'm glad it's not happening to black folk. You know like, what? But it no was. Matter. It just wasn't recorded. Like, like, like that. I believe that it's happening it's, outside it's myth, of the Like, it's a frame. mythical story. You know what I'm saying? Like, written by this old... If it's mythical, why aren't there brown people, though? And that is... That's like, what I'm that's saying. Like, this is their mythical. That's a, that's a problem for me. That's why I do like House of Dragon, yeah. because I like that the, the creator is part there of this project. Diversity. He wasn't part of the original project. And with them being yeah. more hands-on, like when he changes um, the Valerians uh, to black people, like the fans who obsessive, he's like, he's like, I'm the fucking creator. He's like, if I want the people right, to be deal black, with it. No, I, can, I hate when him, people argue with the creator be, about race. It's a superhero. Like, it's a comic invented book. Invented the bitch. Like, <laughs> it's a it's comic book movie, bro. Like, like real loud. Chill out. Real loud. Oh. Like they did that with Sandman. Like the dude who wrote Sandman on Netflix, like he's the creator of Sandman. They were trying to tell him oh death can't uh this person can't be queer this person or death can't be black he's like dude i wrote the fucking show right he's like, like i wrote leave me alone like, like I, are I, you in my brain he's like no. i wrote this comic book the one that you bought right. he's like i wrote that you're welcome right <laughs> like i, I think yeah. that's incredibly stupid but yeah um Indeed. i'm glad you're watching she hulk like it's a good show so far i am um, it is so yes. Javon, what we got Listen, this has been a great interview. We have enjoyed having the Ariel King on um, and just so thankful that you have dropped by out of your busy schedule uh, to give our listeners a 
uh, a good word on today. Um, and hope this goes on to activate them in this climate yes. fight, but also yes. allow them to be more aware of climate justice and all yes. that is that is impacting our community. So, Ariel, as we do all of our guests, tell them one more time where they can reach you at, what you want them to know, and then we close the show. Tell us. All right. So you can find me at Ariel V. King on all the things, all the socials. Um, I, I keep it nice and consistent because I don't have time for that. Anyway, um, so you can find me there. And I, I really want to emphasize the value of community and of like just investing in what's around you and really tapping into and connecting with people, like learning who your neighbors are and learning what's available to you and because that's where you'll find the lack and that's where you'll be able to find where you fit into this movement. So yeah, community is key for sure. Community is key. And with yeah. that, listeners around the globe, y'all say bye. <laughs> bye y'all. See y'all later. Bye. Wow, that was so fun. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yay. Oh.